0: it's wednesday you know what that means hello everybody welcome back to three men one fall and we've obviously learned over the past week of the very tragic passing of john huber aka brodie lee and formerly known as luke harper uh john passed away on the 26th of december of this year and it really just came out of nowhere so our original plans to do the end of year review we've decided to not go ahead with that because we want to celebrate the life i think of John and really what he he meant to us as fans and just talk really about the the situation as well which i think we're going to start with to begin with really for this one so the news guys i mean what what can you say i mean we we're, we're not quite a week removed but I'm still shook.
1: Yeah, same. It just you just can't believe it. It because most it feels like most rest of the deaths that are around the era we've been watching have been like you know, are people that haven't been around for like a couple of years. This is a guy that was a big feature in AEW this year and in big faction.
2: Absolutely, and that's why it's, it. That's why uh, it stings even more. I know. A month ago, he had a match, and then a month later, out of nowhere, he's dead. So it's it's, yeah, it's just sort of yeah. Obviously, I found out when uh, I woke up. I woke up in the morning, and I was um, you guys had sent a message, and I'm
0: yeah. It was just a bit like what the what the hell was all this about? Mm. Yeah, it was. It was um, yeah. It's it's really come out of nowhere. Um, Forty one years old John had only just celebrated his 41st birthday a week and a half before um, passing away and if
2: you think about it these days that's very young as well that's a young age to
0: pass yeah it's a very very young age and considering that the this is one of I mean usually you hear about young when when wrestlers pass away young it it tends to uh, not it's not exclusive to but it tends to be Uh, due to something that happened within wrestling. And it just doesn't seem that that was the case. No. This time. Yes. In a
1: weird way, in a weird way, it was a relief to hear it wasn't like a drug related thing or like concussion history or whatever. It's a real life. Well, and that it wasn't COVID because you always have that fear nowadays that if anyone's died, it's because of COVID. But once you heard from Miss Rife that it wasn't related to COVID, it, it was just lungs it's kind of a a relief but we still can't believe it
0: no um in regards to his wife on instagram she had to make this heartbreaking post uh, which i'll just read to you now so the post begins my best friend died today i never wanted to write out those words my heart is broken the world saw him as the amazing brodie lee formerly known as luke harper he was my best friend, my husband and the greatest father you would ever meet. No words can express the love I feel or how broken I am right now. He passed surrounded by loved ones after a hard fought battle with a non-COVID related lung issue. The Mayo Clinic is literally the best team of doctors and nurses in the world who surrounded him uh, or surrounded me with constant love. On top of that, I can't express my love and admiration for the way that All Elite Wrestling has treated not only my husband, but my, uh, but myself and my kids. Um, she then begins to tag uh, a few select people and then goes on to explain that the rest of the team at AW have helped me to keep standing and pick up all the broken pieces. I've been surrounded by so much love and incredible people. I can't tag them all, but they know who they are and I don't think they will ever know how thankful I am for them um that was the post from his wife and then of course the one that I'd seen initially was the one that aew had put out um obviously with the the graphic stating yeah you know, yeah 1999 yeah. that, that's the that's the uh, that's the first one that I saw yeah um just a heartbreaking post mm. and I can't really imagine I mean like we say, we're we're going to talk about this is to celebrate um, the life of John Huber, and we're going to talk about him from our you know perception of, of fans and what he meant to us as fans. But you know, it really does go without saying that we we can only really imagine um, the type of pain and heartache that is you know that his friends and family are, are going through at this really difficult time. Um, oh, absolutely!
2: You know, every respect goes out to his family and. You know, his his widow and his kids, and definitely, yeah, just nothing, just nothing but positive
0: vibes, really. No, we're gonna go, we're gonna kick things off. We're gonna have a look at um, the outpouring of the unanimous, it seems, right, of of support from the wrestlers within the industry and people within the industry, um, all through social media. We're gonna go into that first, and then Jay's gonna run us through um, some of the career. Highlights really, and and some backstory to to how Brody came to be. Um, so, thank you again for joining us for this episode, and um, we're really going to do our best to try and do this justice. So, thank you once again. So, yeah, the support. Then we said we're going to get dive straight into it. Um, I don't know how much guy, you got you guys have seen um, through social media, but since the news broke on the twenty sixth of December wrestlers from all these different companies all over the world, past and present, have flooded social media with just the most nicest, um, the most just honest-to-God opinions of, of their interactions with the man himself, John Huber. How much of of this have you seen?
1: I've seen a lot. Um, and it's
0: been all yeah,
2: positive. I follow yeah I follow a lot of, of, of wrestlers from different companies that on Instagram um yeah so I, obviously when the news broke I, I went on there and yeah it's just been from you know WWE AEW um it, it's just it's been nothing but but positive I mean I think the the overarching theme is that um you know absolute nicest guy you can meet uh, best family man best father yeah credit to the to, to the business you know just an all-round um, genuine bloke you know um Really, really good morals, good principles, family man, as I said. Yeah. So, yeah, it just, um, yeah, like that seems to be the main theme is that, you know, he's a, a really, really nice guy backstage, uh, really kind, supportive, thoughtful bloke, good father, good husband. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, nothing but nothing but love, really, which is good because, you know, I mean, as, as though, you know, we are fans and we don't actually know him personally, of course, but um, it's just nice to know that he's a genuine bloke and everyone thought very highly of him as well. That's a really good thing to know.
1: Yeah. Even though he played the heel, he seems like the perfect face. Yeah. In, re- in reality, yeah. from what everyone's put yeah. up. Not a bad word said. Didn't matter if they were a rival in wrestling. Positivity, and that's all you want to hear.
2: Absolutely. Mm. Um, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's the uh, the, the Bray White one that was the most heartfelt... Well, the one that really got to me the most was was the Bray Wyatt one, obviously, because as a lot of everyone knows, we'll be going through it in a little while, but obviously he worked with um, Bray Wyatt a lot in the Wyatt family in one of his WWE run. Um, So yeah, they were like brothers Mm. in real life as well. So um, yeah, that was the one that really choked me up the most was was Bray Wyatt's Instagram tweet and and tweet and post and that. But um, yeah, just really, really good bloke.
0: Yeah, the Bray Wyatt one. I think a lot of people were waiting for that. But yeah. um, same as Rowan's as well. Definitely. Really, really heartfelt. Um, there, there's, there's been so many, and it's, it's one of the very few times that I think the wrestling industry as a whole can, can ever really agree on anything. And Definitely, it's almost unanimously just brought everybody together to say, yeah, we, we will celebrate this man because he was a treasure. Not just within the industry, but seemingly to many people's lives. Like you, you look at these, um, interactions that he's had maybe with Ali, uh, John Silver had, um, posted a, uh, the, his initial tweet was, this is one of the worst days of my life. Um, he had also then gone on to say that Brody actually bought him the, the ring jacket that he wears to help make him look better as a star. Um, Brody bought him that out of his own money. And obviously, we'll explain more um, throughout the episode. But again, it is Wednesday today. So the Brodie Lee celebration of life episode on on AEW Dynamite is today. Uh, John's going to be wearing Brodie Lee's ring gear out because he had some that were specially made for him for a segment that they never got to do on Being the Elite. And um, it posted the photo up. And I think because so many fans have said, oh, you've got to wear it, and he's he's going to wear it tonight. So that's Good. going to be really nice. But just so, yeah, so be, many. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. Yeah. Just the outpouring of support. And like Jay saying there, it is. it all comes back round to him being just the best family man and just caring so much about his kids. Mm, absolutely.
1: Yep. Um, I think my favourite one I saw was from Cesaro when he says about... Because the fans kept thinking it was a dirty shirt that he kept wearing as Luke Harper, it was the the cleanest shirt ever. So, <laughs> yeah. so it, it's nice. It, it's nice to know that that can, just because of, of the look, it was nice and clean. So don't doubt it. <laughs> There's
0: a lot of funny anecdotes people have put out there. Um, Biggie shared quite a few funny ones, um, just about their time. I think just yeah. where they was, they'd was, they be hanging out together and stuff like that. I mean, the guy, honestly, he does. He, just, he seems like the sort of guy you'd want to meet. You hear that, that phrase of, you know, never meet your heroes, but it sounds like Brody's kind of the guy that you, you probably would have wanted to meet.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy put up a, a few nice ones as well, funny. A few funny stories in that, which I
0: saw on Instagram. Um, yeah, just well-loved by everyone, really. Just by everybody. Nobody has a bad word to say about him, and that's so rare not just in wrestling, but, you know, just in life in general. Yeah, absolutely. The man has touched so many lives within the industry, and that's why it's always difficult in this sort of position that we're in to do something like this, because obviously we'd never met him, and we can only go based on um, the person that we see on on television, essentially. But, I mean, and it's not to try and put things on a pedestal, but this is, I, I mean, this death has hit me um probably about the same as as eddie back in the day like the two guys both young both in their prime both really felt like they were just sort of getting their career started and, and I, I don't know that the career you know is secondary to everything else but obviously that's what we that's the main thing we look at to begin with because that's our relationship with him yeah and that's how we know him um but the fact is the fact that he's he's you know, the passing of, of John Huber has affected us as fans so deeply. Again, it's, of course, it's not going to be as deep as, as his family and his friends. And we understand that, you know, but the fact that it has affected us like this is honestly just a testament to um, the calibre of person I think he is. And, and truly, like, when you're in that spot, which we've said before on here, you um, you know where you're you're going to be looked up to by younger generations and things like that. Um, you know it's it's just it's strange, isn't it? Like that you can be so deeply affected by someone you've never met, never spoke to, never had any interaction with, but you've just seen a character on TV, and then you see all of this outpouring of support afterwards, and how he was unanimously loved by everybody within and out of the industry. Um, you know what we said before about having role models. I think um, I think it was might have been Curtis Axel or Kurt Hawkins um, somebody had put a tweet out about how somebody needs to be making or collating all of these tweets and all of these messages into a book for his sons to read in the future to see how well loved and respected their dad was um, yeah that's a good idea that yeah I I thought the same thing yeah because if if you want a role model then to be honest I don't think you need to look any further than Brodie Lee John Huber yeah absolutely 100% so in regards to um, what has actually happened, um, not all of the details specifically are known, and I, I, by the looks of it, that's at the family's request, which is completely, um, completely reasonable and understandable. But it oh, looks yeah. as though what had happened was that, um, of course, Brody's last match was the Dog Collar match, where he lost the TNT title to Cody on Dynamite, and um, that was all the way back in October. Shortly after the match, it seems that Brody was having difficulty finishing some of his workouts. And it was from there that he was then admitted into the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. And that's where he stayed up until the day that he passed. And obviously, none of us knew. I think, and this has been said by so many people now anyway, but I think the, the idea was that we just thought maybe he was injured or he'd taken some time off. Um, and initially, the plan was to keep him off TV for a little anyway, just to sell the the brutal dog collar match that he had with Brody uh, mm-hmm. with Cody sorry and then he would be coming back and obviously it just that never happened, but he'd been admitted into the hospital the entire time so he's he's been there for the entire time and it's crazy to think like we've all been living our lives and and he's been there, you know essentially fighting for his life and we don't know how the point where it became critical. But the fact that they admitted him in pretty much straight away and he never ended up leaving, um, you know, that just goes to show, like, and again, another thing we've said before, but you just cannot assume what's going on in someone else's life. No. You know, and we, I mean, we, we, no one had, nobody knew. I mean, AEW would have known, and I imagine there would have been select people within AEW, and at um, his wife's request, um, you know, they didn't leak any information out, which... Because it was, and, and that's one of the things that I think is, has hit us the most, is because it really does feel like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's not like we'd heard, always oh, he's, he's not in very good health and things like that, and then people can start maybe speculating. It literally just... I just popped my phone out, I started scrolling, and then there it was, the post from AEW. And I was like, hang on. What? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just... Out of nowhere, um, but yeah, due to it, it's something to do with the lungs, and as his wife had stated on Instagram, it is seems to be non-COVID related, but um, it, it's just it's just tragic. It really, really is sad, and it really is tragic. Um, but
1: yeah, the last the last time I had a reaction to that for a wrestling death was Warrior because that was a that, that, they, uh, that was, came out that, of nowhere, that came yeah. out of nowhere but in a different way because you've just seen a guy on TV like the, the day before
0: yeah this this has been uh, the, overall the year has been obviously a pretty terrible one anyway and it just feels you know it's been so unfair anyway the year and it just it really does feel like a really cruel unfair way to end it um you know they they do tend to say that the best ones are always the first to go and well, apparently it's, it seems to be the case here. And it really, really is sad. Um, but again, I mean, the the best that we can do is, is celebrate the life of mm, John Huber absolutely. Yeah, and the incredible career really that he's had, because realistically, again, uh, 41 is, is a young age, but within wrestling, I mean, he signed with AEW when he was 40. So, you yeah. know, he wasn't exactly yeah. the spring chicken when he signed, but, Again, that's what's so just heartbreaking because it really felt like he he really had so much more that he could give and that he wanted to give when he was there. He could. I honestly could have seen him, you know, have have an AW title run as well. I could have seen it. I think it would have been on the cards eventually. But Brody has been in the industry for quite some time. Yeah. So I'm just going to be completely transparent here. I am am
2: reading, uh, just sort of paraphrasing from Wikipedia. Uh, just for those that might not know some of the things about him. Um, so, so it says, uh, from 2003 to 2012, um, he worked on the uh, independent circuit under the ring name of Brody Lee, uh, most notably in Shikara, uh, 2CW, Ring of Honor, Dragon Gate US and uh, Dragon Gate Japan. Uh, signing with WWE in 2012, under the name Luke Harper. Uh, he was sent to FCW, which is Florida Championship Wrestling, developmental for WWE. And then he debuted in NXT as a member of the Wyatt family. Um, he was closely associated with Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan. Um, the Wyatt family won the NXT Tag Team Champions Championships and the, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And he also won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships again uh with Eric Rowan under the uh tag team the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh and he was also a one time Intercontinental champion in twenty fourteen. Um he departed WWE in December twenty nineteen and made his debut in All Elite Wrestling in March twenty twenty as Mr Brody Lee, the exalted one. And he won the AWTNT championship in August um he was born on the sixteenth of December uh, nineteen seventy nine in New York. He actually got into wrestling as a backyard wrestler.
1: Nothing wrong with that. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, this is it, you see. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was actually a backyarder at first. And his, his name, um, Brodie Lee, um, contrary to popular belief, actually comes from the movie Mallrats, where he combines the names of um, actor Jason Lee and the character he played called Brody Bruce. So it actually came from the film Mallrats.
1: Good film, actually.
2: It is a good film, yeah. I've not didn't it, <laughs> I didn't realize it. That's my confession.
1: To be honest, I didn't not realize that. I thought because he was the same like size and the same style. as yeah, Brody, yeah it, yeah,
2: it does say though um, his style and appearance have all, all have also been brought to comparison to Bruda Brody, mistakenly thinking that
0: his ring nine came from him, um, which is interesting because I thought until recently yeah. as well because his eldest son is called Brody. And I think his yeah. youngest is Nolan. Um, so then, yeah. I, obviously, and then more recently, I thought maybe he was calling it after his his firstborn. But um, yeah, that's that is interesting. It's it's always interesting where people get the inspiration from for stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, from
2: two thousand and seven to two thousand and twelve, he was um, signed to Shikara as uh, Brodie Lee.
1: Well, he's like two foot taller than everyone else there. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what else is weird? He has a really short beard. Then,
2: yeah, I'm actually I can see a picture here now. Yeah, and it does look. Um, it's this a time where he has, like the Lemmy looks strange,
0: the Lemmy kind of like motor, uh, yeah. white yeah. handlebar moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does look strange with that now, doesn't it? Like looking yeah. back on it, because you so you, you think s- of you him, you... you just think of that big bushy beard. Yeah,
1: that be- that be- that beard he had from WWE to AEW was like that's what you think of him but then you see him with short beard it's like is that the same person <laughs> yeah
0: he's an imposter
1: but the thing is he did have the white shirt i believe and the- he did yeah
2: yeah yeah so from um yeah also uh, during the same time period uh 2007 to 2012 he was also signed to uh, squared circle wrestling um and he was also doing the independent circuit he made his debut for ring of honor On October the twenty fifth, two thousand and eight, he defeated Austin Aries on his debut. Uh, He he later debuted for Evolve on uh, sixteenth of January twenty ten. He debuted for Dragon Gate US on May the eighth, twenty ten. All over the world, and then he yeah, and he debuted on December twenty first, twenty ten, for Dragon Gate Japan.
1: Is that the same one as um, PAC?
2: Yeah. Dragon Dragon Gate Japan was yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah that was the first um, Pack actually yeah and then from from there he went on to sign with WWE in 2012 um, as I said as a member of the Wyatt family and I think that's where pretty much everyone knows him from
0: yeah I mean the career kind of picked up with um, obviously the joining of the Wyatt family and when they were yeah, brought absolutely. over into the the first angle that they did with Kane um. Yeah, the the I mean it it shot. I mean you can say what you want and what you will about his WWE run, um, you know, and, and and there's certainly plenty to be said for it. But yeah, I mean all, all of those places that you've listed off there that he's worked for, and yet there was still much more he could have done. The contract with AEW allowed him to be able to go and work in Japan. Which on Jericho's uh, "Talk to Jericho" podcast, when he interviewed Brody shortly after the debut, it did sound very much like he was, you know, very up for doing it. But unfortunately, obviously, because of the COVID situation, it's you know it limited what he could do. Yeah. Which again is it, it? You know, I don't want to keep drawing to how how tragic it is because it is, and we know it is. Um, but it was one of the things I thought of, and I just thought like, how unfair is that? You know, he, mm. he wanted to go over to Japan, and, and the only thing stopping him was something that was completely out of anybody's hands. And you know, if if, if it weren't for COVID, you know, we absolutely, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. But I mean, you know, we, we should address it anyway. Obviously, we're talking about it's a celebration of his career, and yeah, there were definitely some sort of lows for the period of time that he spent with WWE. And I'm, I imagine, you know, we probably want to address what, what we kind of felt about that run. So.
1: Yeah. Um, first of well first thing, I've just seen some of the matches he's got in, like, Ring of Honor and stuff. And I, there's matches I want to see, like him and Necrobutch and uh, Anything Goes. And. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I literally just <laughs> saw that. With, yeah. With yeah. and Anything Goes and, like, that kind of stuff. But I was a big fan of him when he was in the Whites. I was big fan. I was more of a fan of him than Bray. Because. He.
2: Stood, he stood, yeah, I was literally going to say the same thing. He said
1: that yeah. more to me, and it, 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 all he had to do was go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, like, man. Yeah, I thought he'd be the breakout, and for part for for part he was the breakout of the Wyatts because he, yeah, he was the first one of them to win a singles title. It didn't last long, but he won a singles title.
2: Yeah, part, I, I, yeah, I mean. And just echoing what you said, really. I I actually preferred him to the others. Um, again, as you said, I thought he just stood out more. And um, I think I think he was at his best in WWE when he had, when he had his, his singles run when he was when he had the Intercontinental Title. I think that was when he was at his best in yeah. WWE. Sh- I mean, not 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 through any fault of his own, obviously. It, you know, at the end of the day, it's down to WWE booking.
0: But um, I think he shined the most when he when he had that singles run. He showed like a real, real potential for somebody that could stand out on their own, and yeah, which is is, is funny, isn't it? Because you, you list off all of those places that he's worked before, where he's quite clearly a capable single star. Um, yeah, but obviously, when when you're then introduced to a wider audience through WWE, and you know, because say what you want about them, but you know, they are they <laughs> it's undisputed that they have the widest scope. Within the you know the world of professional wrestling, they're going to get more eyes on you if you're on their product because there is more people watching it. Yeah. But you know the way he was introduced because I didn't really know anything about his um, time in Ring of Honor or I Dragon Gate. I no. didn't either. The
2: first time I was introduced to him obviously was through uh, the Wyatt family. I've seen, yeah, I've seen
0: exactly that.
1: I've seen bits and pieces of his like Shikara Run and it's and it's on things like the videos of like holy shit moments where he's doing like his big boot. That but I, I know you won't like the big boot, Jay. But when he did, when, yeah. he, when he did big boots to like the smaller guys, and makes it look like he's actually kicked their heads off, yeah, it looked really cool. Yeah,
0: but was that before or after though? Because that's what I mean. Like I've seen like a lot of older stuff now, but when he'd first debuted with the Wyatt family, I didn't know really anything about him. I just heard a little bit about him from FCW, yeah. but that was it. I kind, of, and it wasn't until the actual Wyatt family run that you really got to see kind of what he was all about. I kind
1: of heard of Brody Lee, but I didn't realise it was the same person because obviously he had a shorter beard then. Yeah. (laughs) but Like I say, watching the stuff on YouTube about him having matches with like Necro Butcher and having stuff with Daniel Bryan when he was in the independence and stuff like that. It's like, you could see why people like WWE and then AEW were interested in the guy and why Japan would have been (laughs) interested in the guy.
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: Just a, a really top class talent really. In terms of th- that WWE run, like you said, you know, in terms of the booking, it it just it didn't really ever feel like he was ever really given the ball no. to run with properly. But Brody's explained like his side of that story, um which again, go and listen to the interview with him and Jericho on the uh, talk is Jericho podcast because he really does go into a lot of detail there again he's, he's he's very open and he's very honest about it but you know I don't feel like he ever really trashed the company or anything like that you know he says he's, he's grateful for his time there um, you know and, and it really has helped him but obviously in terms of that run he just he wasn't where he thought he he, he th- felt he could do better and he felt he could do more and so he took that that sort of chance on himself he gambled on himself and he bet on himself mm. And hence why he ended up in AEW, which wasn't an easy decision for him to make. So he said that, you know, understandably he's, he's he's on good money with WWE. And you hear this story all the time, but he's on good money with WWE and he's got a family to support. He's got a wife, he's got two children. You know, does he take that risk and, and go somewhere else? And it was actually his wife that told him, yes, you should do it.
1: I think it would have been better going there than say Impact... Sure. but I think I think in running, yeah absolutely. I think I'd run new Japan might have worked out but being away from the family
0: yeah exactly uh, but it's the idea though that that's that support isn't it like I mean that if, if you're ever gonna be jealous of anything then you should absolutely be envious of uh, just that entire family relationship by the sounds of it yeah. because you know they all sound so supportive of each other and just a loving family but she was the one that pushed him um well, I say pushed him, but, you know, gave him the the all clear. Like, look, this. I think you should do it, you know, because it's going to make you happier. And, and obviously, lo and behold, ends up in AEW. But again, it's like we say, you can say what you want about that WWE run, but it did bring eyes to him and and it did put stock into him. And, and if anything, sometimes this WWE booking, it isn't the way that they want it to be, but it does end up bringing something out more than, than what you could have potentially had going into it because... For example, the um, you guys remember the the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton feud going into mania 33?
1: 30, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Harper was coming out as that as a star, yeah. <laughs> you know? He was coming out as the baby face. And it actually said, like he he said that it said he would he'd spoken to uh, creative and he said, look, the way that you're doing this right now, I'm going to come out looking like the star and I'm going to be the babyface. And they were saying to him, no, 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 we've written it so that you know it's Bray and Randy, and it's like, yeah, but what I'm telling you is that the way that you are writing this, I'm going to be the one getting over. And what happened? He got, he got over.
1: And the f- <laughs> he got over. The funny thing is, he got over. The funny thing is, during that time, and it had a match with Orton at Liberation Chamber, I think, which was a really good match. Mm. Then they had the bit where they said Orton won't face Bray because Bray won the title. So they did a battle royal where he was the last, uh, one of the last people to in the match, and could have had that. Yeah, yeah. it could they could have easily put him in the as a triple threat because I think it would have. Yeah, I think it would have worked. Yeah, it probably been a hell of yeah. a lot better than the match was to begin with. Orton Bray.
0: <laughs> it probably would have been. Yeah, but
1: then it he didn't really do a lot until they brought back him and Rowan as the Bludgeon Brothers but
0: yeah, yeah I don't
1: think I think I don't know if injuries also help that but
0: yeah because he was I think he was definitely out for injury during that time as well but in terms of that booking though that's what I mean sometimes when you know if you want to say he was underused which you can um, if anything it builds up more hype when you know they're leaving yeah but his in his words it's to paraphrase it but in his words he'd said that you know the, only, the the big thing with that now though is when he's making that jump is that actually now um you know he's he's got no one else to blame he can't blame WWE so if this didn't if, if the jump didn't work out for him you know it's not WWE's fault it's on him you know so that's the thing i think he he, he could feel that people were really behind him because we all wanted to see what he could, like you said before, you know, you really saw him shine when he stepped out into singles for a shorter amount of time, and it, and it was just under a month's icy title reign, but that did include one hell of a TLC match against Dolph Ziggler, and that yeah. really was very very good. Yeah. Um, but you know the pressure was on him, and and we'll we'll come into AW a bit more once we feel like we're, we're probably done with the WWE stuff, but honestly, I mean, I. I think the guy was on fire. He was so good in, in AEW throughout the run. And it was really only just beginning. If it feels like that. It was really only just beginning. Yeah. So did yeah. you
1: say it was what March he debuted. Uh,
0: it was the first, I think it was the very first empty arena show for COVID.
1: Yeah. could you imagine that pop. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Th- and that's another thing that annoyed me as well. Yeah. Honestly, I know what you're going now. Again, yeah. like through no thought of anyone's, obviously covid is covid we all know about it but um it's just a shame that obviously he never got that pot never that got he deserved. to no and and and, and it, it's even more heartbreaking that he's never going to get it he's never going to get that pot that he should have got when he you know
0: I think well, I think he will. I think he's going to get a pop once fans can come back in and we can get summit going for Brody. But yeah, it, sh- it'll be nice. It'll Maybe be somewhere nice, out there he he can hear it. But you know, I don't yeah. know. It Depends if you believe in that stuff or not. But you know, absolutely. The idea I is do, yeah, hundred percent. The idea is is to it it, it. it is a massive, massive shame, and that's what I mean. It's so difficult talking about those things because you don't. You almost don't want to keep putting it on because the the event is tragic enough as it is, but Mm. you can't help but not think about that sort of stuff sometimes and just how unfair and and cruel it is sometimes.
1: Well, to be be honest, there's been a lot of wrestling moments this year during the COVID that imagine the pop would have got, like when Matt Hardy joined AEW. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Same night. There's a lot that, you know,
0: there's a lot of pops and things that have been missed because of COVID. There's there's no way, I mean... They they will create an opportunity that will allow us all to to just pop so hard for Brody, <laughs> so hard for yeah. Brody, and yeah. and we will and we will do it. But I want to go back to the WWE run um, for a little bit more, just because I mean, whilst we if, if we're going to talk about some of the best bits from us personally, from Brody and, and from Luke Harper, then in this era. Um, I mean, I don't mind me kicking it off with what I think was one of the best matches. Well, I think it probably was the best match of that year. It was the first meeting between the Shield and the Wyatt family. Definitely, at Elimination Chamber two thousand and fourteen.
2: Yeah, I, I could, I couldn't agree more. I could not what agree more. That
0: match, whatsoever. that was yeah, absolutely and, a million percent. And
1: everyone put a shift. Everyone put a shift in in that match.
0: Everybody put a shift in. So me and you, Ash, we watched it live, didn't we? Yeah. And I, I still remember. It's like it was yesterday. But like, I remember Harper doing the suicide dive through the middle rope, and just going, "What the hell?" Because again, <laughs> yeah. like, you didn't really see big men do moves like that. But he went through it, and I just thought that is amazing. And it was like it was the first time I was really paying notice to his kind of like little um, characteristics within the ring. You know, when he'd like take the bump and he'd sit up and he'd just have his hand, his yeah,
1: arm that, just... yeah, we just laughed at our heads off. Cause before i it was it's, and this and thing. I'm just
0: laughing, yeah, and it's great. And you hear the yeah, 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 and it's just honestly, uh, that was uh, that was the first time for me I that I remember I paid I started paying some more attention to him, yeah, um, just because he really shone in that match. And like you said, everybody put a shift in, but Harper really did come out of that like, and that, that was when I was like yeah this guy really is quite good isn't he
1: yeah because they, they had a match the next night on Raw and it was amazing still
0: it was really good that first meeting's always going to be the best one yeah. I think that
1: one Um we're talking about matches yeah
0: anything really
2: well I mean it, well his is the his intercontinental title match where he, when he actually won it, it was that's one
0: of my highlights I think that's a real good moment just yeah to see him win it yeah just and, the it's a lasting moment lasting yeah. memory
1: his, in the ladder match where he lost it, it was I think at the open of that show and it was really good because when he did the dive when Dolph Ziggler's holding a ladder and he nearly puts his head through the, the ladder it's like that's insane
0: yeah and it's like that was honestly yeah
1: but it just stole that night 100% 100%
0: it, one, yeah
1: another good moment and it's it's a stupid one was um, Extreme Rules 2015 I think it is him and him against Dean Ambrose Opening the mat, opening the show, and then no holds barred. All of a sudden, they're like, they're brawling around the arena. Then they get in a car, drive off. The show continues, <laughs> and then they just come back like the match had never finished.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Technically, technically, yeah, he did have some real. Technically, good that match
1: last, lasted for like an hour. Yes.
0: <laughs> I like that sort of stuff, though, when they do, do that sort of stuff and it's done right. Um, I, I mean, the the best the best thing I can probably claim for myself is that although it's it's essentially it's a house show because it's it's WWE live right so when they would come over and it was just after mania um and I got to see him and ambrose work together one on one and that was at the, the birmingham I want to say the NEC i think it's the NEC uh I get confused which which arena is which actually up there, but I yeah. think it was the NEC. Yeah, it was probably the NEC. But yeah, and I got to see that, and you know, it is they are house shows; they're not going all out and stuff like that. It is literally just to pop you and entertain you and stuff. And it was entertaining as hell, you know. And that was around about the same time as the, um, I think Ambrose was IC champ then actually. Oh, might need to have a think. What was that? That was twenty. Well, that was two thousand fifteen. So it
1: actually,
0: yeah, about that. He actually, hadn't yeah. long lost though icy title
1: no um because one thing was it was rare to get the whole white family together but like, when it was mm. even with Braun. and one of one match i remember is the match with the ecw originals at another tlc
0: <laughs> well, yeah i forgot about that you know
1: that was a good match
0: don't think i've ever seen that one
1: i forgot about it and yeah. they had another they, once again. They had another good match on like the raw ne- the next raw, which was like I think a tables match and people like taking tables from the stage and like, back then felt like a rare thing to do. Mm. I want to mention the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, because because the, the, the gimmick <laughs> at
0: the beginning didn't really seem like it was going to work out very well, did it? No. But, well, this is the thing. I I didn't like it. Like, don't get me wrong. Right.
2: I liked Harper. I, I always, I always did like Harper. But for me, that tag team, like obviously, he had a singles run, and then he came back, obviously into tag team. But I just thought, what a waste, you know? What a waste to put him back into tag team again.
0: I think that was initially when they, when what they could have. Yeah. They could have
2: pushed him again as singles.
0: Well, I think that was that was the thought of most people, wasn't it? Ash, like for that time, yeah. but. It I I feel that eventually it did work out because they had some killer matches. Yeah, I, as I, the Bludgeon Brothers, the the what? one against the Usos. I I actually feel if you're coming to it, but yeah, they did. But I get what you mean. It was, but I think that was because as a fan, we were getting so used to seeing it, like we were really rooting for him to be a single star.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I,
0: yeah I do get it.
1: I, I believe it was the Bludgeon. Is it Bludgeon Brothers or one of the last times they were known as uh, Harper and Rowan together? Their tag finisher was the three D. I don't remember them using 3D. They used 3D. Oh, wow. But the Bludgeon Brothers, when they debuted, yeah, it didn't look like it was going to go... I thought it was going to be like a stupid gimmick, but when they destroyed Usos and New Day, uh, I think it was Fastlane, and then, then when they did it again at Mania, that made them go over the top. I know it didn't last yeah. long, because it, it it was like, a, like five, six months, they were Bludgeon Brothers.
2: Yeah, so Yeah, it wasn't long. But they did obviously. They did have a, a tag team title reign yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: and it, they were dominant. Which, yeah. which weirdly they weren't as much dominant as they were when they were white family. Because they, they, you'd mentioned the Usos, wasn't it? Um, Battleground or was that? Um, I think it might have been Battleground. Two out of three falls. A,
0: yeah, it was. Yeah, that yeah, one. I it that Was one. Battleground, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a that good was match. great. That was a really good match, but. Yeah, and they, like you said, I mean, it, it was fine once they got out of the whole... Because I think when they first debuted him as Bludgeon Brothers, um, well, as the gimmick of the Bludgeon Brothers. it was. I think it was just a series of squash matches for a few weeks, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. The one <laughs> then, up, yeah. One stick
1: up in familiar mind where they did that elevated powerbomb and the guy at the jobber went, Ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember that, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think if if anything, it's hard to talk about legacies and things. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to talk about what Luke Harper, the character Luke Harper meant to you from his time in WWE, what would you say that would be? Tough question. Yeah, it's a like- it is a tough question. But do you know what for me and 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 it's, it's it's looking back on it at the time you could say what we you know you can go through those emotions again this is my opinion of it but you know you can go through the emotions of oh do you know what he's underutilized he's underused he could do better I want to see him do this want to see him do that but actually learning more about the man and um, seeing where it was able to sort of propel him when he moves over into AEW um, and then obviously looking at the lives that he's touched you know behind the curtain yeah. there when you see all these WWE talents you know tweeting about him and, and things like that I mean for me it just looks like he was just the ideal just person that you'd want around in your life. Like again, it's the family man, he was he stuck around because of his family. Um he was there for all of his co-workers and some people are even, you know and in, in wrestling, they say it all the time, you know, you get acquaintances and people you work with but very few friends and yeah, you know, it looks like he was friends with, with quite a few people. Yeah. But yeah the legacy from a fan's perspective I think it just shows that like you can you can come up from something like that you can be the guy that basically never speaks but you know stay in the course and just stay true to who you are people will get behind you yeah. and that's what happened like I was behind him you could never really truly know for definite what was going to happen with his AEW run before he got there because you know he hadn't really sp- he, hadn't, he hadn't had the chance to speak much on the mic um, we haven't seen that much of him in the way of singles matches for a while. And that was due to obviously being put in tag teams and a mixture of that. And then injuries yeah. throughout his WWE run, but you know, a legacy that he's left in WWE. It was, it, it's like, he is the Wyatt family. You, or he's he's going to be synonymous with Bray. he will be synonymous with, I know Rowan's not there now, but wherever Rowan, you know, ends up, um, he's synonymous still with, with Stroman. The Wyatt family was not the Wyatt family without Luke Harper. And then without the Wyatt family, you don't get Bray Wyatt and you don't get The Fiend. No. One
1: you thing- don't get
0: Braun. I think he's he's helped elevate so many people in, in more ways than just in ring in WWE. And I just think that that's the kind of guy you want to see. Like, let's yeah. have a guy come out with his, you know, seemingly dirty vest and his jeans on. <laughs> you know? Let's, yeah. it, it Not every, like he was a star and he was doing it his own way. And... You know, you can't, you can't, res- you can't do anything else but respect that.
1: Yeah. when it, one thing I would like to say is, whenever the White family were in a big feud, like when they had their match with Undertaker and Kane at Survivor Series. Yeah. He they chose him as the tag partner. They didn't choose Strowman, which you would have thought they would have done. It was always him and Bray whenever it was like a big match. Yeah. The, yeah. It wasn't even when it was like a, a two-on-one match with like. When they had him against Brock, it was meant to be Brock against Bray. It was basically Luke Harper taking it, mm-hmm. which meant they they had trust in the guy.
0: Yeah, they even obviously though, it, trusted him.
1: Even if he took the pinfall, they still trusted him to be. Yeah. They could, when they could have easily used Strowman, who was the guy. It was not the guy at the time, but you thought they were going to use him.
0: Still a bit green, level. probably at the time yeah. though as well.
1: But I don't know. Look, the, the guy, the guys left
0: a mark in WWE a guy that, that looks as, like how he does to have risen up through the indies, you know, not in his 20s either. No. You know, yeah. he would have been 30s throughout most of that run with WWE and still managed to pull off what he'd pulled off. You know, you can't... You can always say that there could have been more done. You're always going to be able to say that. But the fact is, is that he never ends up in AEW, potentially, if there was more done. So, you know, if everything does happen for a reason sometimes this is what brought him to AEW, which is where now, you know, our most recent memories begin of Brody. And yeah, like the Exalted One then. Let's go into it. Because he he wanted that gimmick. Like he was, he wanted to take the opportunity to become the Exalted One. The Dark Order weren't in the exact, they weren't exactly in the best place at the time, were they really? It was kind of, it just wasn't really getting its heels off the ground. And Brody steps in. As the exalted one, the leader of the Dark Order, and it just felt like everything kind of changed overnight for him. Yeah,
1: I'll admit I wasn't a big fan of him as the leader because I thought only because I thought he's been the the follower, not the leader. We'll see how this goes, but it worked. It definitely worked.
0: But that's it, though, isn't it? Like that's that's the chance we wanted him to have, so that he could step out. Yeah. And become his own man and it did work and yet you know there was a bit of McMahon parody in for a while it was funny it was funny and it worked being the elite
1: he's fucking hilarious on that
0: being the elite was great and if you've guys if you've if you've checked out this week's being the elite it's just titled Brody and it really is just basically all of his best bits from being the elite um some words from Alex Reynolds and John silver um a few short words from number 10 and number five. And some of the bloopers as well, which is just funny. Just seeing him laugh and how he was making everybody else laugh is just... The video is real real nice, isn't it? But it's like you you crack up laughing, but you're also just so sad inside as well. Yeah, And they're going through that like when they're explaining the bit about, you know, are you crying? Are you crying? You know, to try and cover up when people are laughing because it was like the only cover they had. So we'd have to say, are you crying? It's like, yeah, yeah, we are a little bit, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we are now but yeah it's um i don't know that the the run was interesting because AEW's booking obviously is very different to WWE's anyway so and and the fact that it was covid it was just a really weird time because like you'd go sort of like breaks with maybe not even seeing him properly um mm. so then obviously you know he'd he'd have a few squash matches here and there like that one he had against Marco <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, he absolutely, he absolutely mullered Marco, but um, it just picked up. I just feel like it picked up. He was thrown into the world title picture really quickly with Moxley and that it it did feel like it was really soon. But then I guess, you know, what could you do? Well, yeah. With the situation at, at, being at, at, what it was.
1: At, yeah. At the time I was like, well, because you've got the uh, elite with um, uh, the inner, circle, inner yeah. circle, MJF's not ready. Brody yeah. made more sense.
0: It did, but to be honest with you as well, I mean, that was a hell of a match. That was his first match in AEW that, for people that may not was, have known yeah, much about it. It was a him, really, really, really good match. I, I did really enjoy it. It was, it was stellar, wasn't it? Like, going yeah. through the the stage. It was a good, hard-hitting match, and Brody's good at those matches. And him and Mox have always worked really well together.
1: Yeah. I know, I, I know this isn't our uh, end of year, but it was going to be an honourable mention as one of my favourite matches.
0: It was really good. That was just a good show overall, to be honest. Considering it was the first one of the um, obviously the pandemic pay per views yeah. for AEW.
1: Yeah, the fact that I kind of knew he wasn't going to win, but it's still a really good match. And yeah. one of the few times it yeah. proves that Moxley can wrestle without using weapons all the time. And that's my opinion. But yeah,
0: <laughs> it was great. And he's had he's had some other good matches. I mean, there's been a few tag matches here and there. Yeah. But, guys, I mean, we've got to probably talk about the Cody squash. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, one of my favourites. I really, really did enjoy that. And it, well, it did
1: surprised
2: me as well. It really did surprise me. But I'm glad it happened. One of my favourite team, Especially matches. looking
0: back now, obviously, now he's passed. I'm really glad it happened. Have you guys seen the tweet Cody's put out about um, what John had asked him before the match? Or, or during the match? No. He no. goes, um, are you okay if I don't hook the leg? <laughs> And it's like yeah. because obviously he wanted it to look like a dominant cover, and because it like obviously dominated him in a squash for so long, and hooking the leg like it would have made him look even more dominant if he di- if he didn't. And Cody's just put this thing out, but like, like, oh yeah, you okay if I don't hook the leg? It's like yes, John, more than okay. <laughs> and it's yeah, but yeah, that was that was great, and that was like a lot of people regard that moment and just that overall closing of the show as still one of the best um, Dynamite endings since it's debuted Mm. in October 2019. You know, when he left like the whole Nightmare family laying, Brandy's getting choked out by Anna J, and he's just stood up there with the whole Dark Order holding up the the new title and everything.
1: It's probably the best TV ending and I don't know when the last real good one was because it shows that a dominant faction can be dominant even if it's got even though he's fighting the guy like Cody who's considered as the the guy or like mm. the the person in charge, it's like that's what you do. You make a team like that look really strong. Yeah. Shame how it ended, but we'll get to that. That run.
0: Well, the thing is though, I, I don't want to speculate on stuff. But a part of me did think recently, did they you know, was something said? before that match happened like was something said that maybe John might need to take time off i don't know i don't want to speculate because that's not very fair and especially if it never happened and i don't want to you know you don't want to be responsible for starting rumors or anything no. like that but you know in my head i just thought maybe you know if they did know because that, again that's another thing and that comes back to when when we're saying like you know you never know what's going on in people's lives and you and I, Ash, I mean, we were two people straight away. It was like, no, don't like, we didn't like that decision. No, well, what what was the point in that? Putting it on Brody to take it straight back off him again. Yeah. But again, we just, we actually, to be fair, lo- looking at it now, don't know what was going on. So, well, you know, was with the, all things
1: considered, what are they going to do with Dark Order? Are they going to let Colt step up? Or is it going to be John Silver?
0: I think all of that sort of stuff needs to just but be the, on the back burner for now. Yeah. yeah that you can come. I mean, there's time to come back to the wrestling, isn't there? For the time being, yeah. Because it's it's just one of those things. Whatever they choose to do with it, will be respectful. I'm, I've got no doubt about it. Oh, I think,
1: definitely.
0: you know, AEW as a whole have uh, seemed to have really, really treated them. I mean, the whole family seem to have treated them with nothing but love, admiration, and respect. Yeah. Which from is- what you can, from what you can see and read into. I, I have no doubt that no matter what they do, it will be respectful. Definitely. And, yeah, there's, there's time for the wrestling stuff later on, isn't there? There's yeah. time for all of that, and you know, once um, we're further down the road. But, yeah, I mean, that, that being his last match, though, it was a hell of a match, and it was a hell of a brutal match.
1: Yeah. Dark kind colour of matches are great, especially when they used the blood. Which they did really well yeah. in that one. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they did really well. The first... I would be being pissed off that he lost the title, but it says he was 55 days, 46 if you take um, tapings and stuff. But yeah, for, so, for, for last match, really good.
0: Do you want to hear, uh, th- this was from the AW Unrestricted podcast, and this was a story that Brody told on there. I think you guys will appreciate this. And obviously Jay being a dad yourself, this is, it's where these sort of stories are really hitting home. But, yeah. um, he said what he'd done the night he won the TNT title is he went straight home. His son Brody was already in bed. So he snuck the championship belt into his bed <laughs> so that he would see it there when he woke up the next morning and obviously be all excited because his son is a huge wrestling fan and just a huge fan of his dad in general. And it's stories like that, that that really, really get to you. I think and it, it really got yeah. to me and yeah, just again, it again. at that I mean, just that story alone.
2: Just again, it just goes back to, just proves you know that how much of a family man and how much of a, a an amazing dad and and husband and everything that he was. They're
0: yeah. all the things that you'd want to aspire to be. Yeah, in life, like they they are all the things that like. What more could you? Orton had mentioned, I think, in one of his more recent posts, like. You know, no one's perfect. He's never been perfect. And, and Brodie's not perfect. But listening to him talk about his family and everything else, Randy said, like, I think the, the guy is about as close to perfect as you can get.
2: Yeah, I saw that on one on Instagram. Yeah, it's that was crazy, really heartfelt it? as well.
0: They're all heartfelt. And and the, the Wyatt ones, um, going back to the Bray one you said as well, I know we're a bit all over the shop with this, but I mean, it's, it's still hard to compute everything really. And, but yeah, the, the Bray Wyatt one. About the whole, when he put goodbye forever, I didn't, you know, I thought, wow, that sounds, but again, you know, you're his, basically his brother. Um, mm. But the goodbye forever thing was actually something that Brody used to say to people when he was going home, because the short time that he'd get to spend with his family when he was in WWE and on the road on the, on this on their schedule, the short time he'd get to spend with them, he'd want that to last forever. And he'd make yeah. it last for as close to forever as he could. So he would always tell people goodbye forever. And it's just so sad when you hear these things come out, and I don't know. It's just just super unfair, isn't it? Everything. Well,
1: but, I, I just remember one photo of him and his mum with the AEW title.
0: Yeah. Ah,
1: it's just a shame he never won it. <laughs> he's,
0: to be honest, I mean, he's he's done more in his uh, legacy overall in his life. He's done more important things than win the win championships. I think when he, when when his sons grow up and they see what his dad what their dad meant to so many people and not just the wrestlers and not just the family but to to people he'd never met and never met him all over the world and what he meant to them mm. that's the that's the legacy that's the real legacy. It doesn't matter you can, it doesn't matter how many title belts you win. It's all no. trivial really in the grand scheme of things that's a legacy that you leave on life is more than what you do in your career and you know I think he's he's left a hell of a, a hell of a mark on it
1: definitely
0: but, yeah 100% and he, and he will be remembered he will be remembered he'll never ever be forgotten it's it's, definitely not. it's another situation where we'll always look back on it and it'll always be you know it will always be sad but to look back and and at least see like what the what the man was and, and it's good to know that I think so many people are, are reaching out in support of his family and will support his family. Um, you know, much similar in the way to what happened, you know, the unfortunate tragedy with Shad Gaspard earlier this year. Definitely. Yeah. No. Again, another man who's going to be defined for the type of parent he was, you know, gave his life for his son, you know, literally. And, yeah. you know, the even something like that, you know, I know this is about Brody, but, you know, Brody is a family man and I think, you know, acknowledging other family men here, but you know, Shelton Benjamin, when, uh, him and Cedric won the tag team titles at TLC, the first thing Shelton did was get in the car, drive over to Chad's family's house and celebrate it with his son. So, you know, wrestling, I think wrestlers look after each other and within the industry, they look after each other. AEW have basically already come out and said that they're going to, you know, they'll look after the Hoover family for life. Um, I'll tell you what was heartbreaking, guys, was that his little boy, Brody, um, you know, he's obviously been attending a lot of the shows because they've obviously been having him there to cheer him up. Do you guys um, see what had happened on, well, I don't know if they've actually recorded this, but they've sort of said this is what happened, but um, on I'm, last week's Dark episode, you, hear, you heard about this one?
1: No, I heard about what they did for Being the Elite, but I didn't. I, um, don't know what they did on Dark.
0: Maybe they record it on Dark 4, being the elite then. We might be talking about the same thing.
1: What Is this the, about um, a new AEW
0: champion unofficially? Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. On,
1: yeah it's going to be on the next. um. do recording. you know about this one?
0: No, I've got, actually got no idea. You're going to like this, mate. So, Ash, do you want to go through it?
1: Um, from what I've read, he beats um, Kenny Omega for the title. But not legit, obviously.
2: Right. Cause that,
1: yeah, because that, yeah, that was the thing. They did a statement about... But what? Yeah, but just how nice is that for him, yeah. though? Like a little boy,
0: you know. What? I think they they made a whole thing out of it. Like the elite, yeah. are, I think, are in the ring and getting him to join them, and then the Dark Order come out. Uh, I think there's this this big old hoo ha, and then because um, that, that's Brody Lee Junior.'s name in the Dark Order is minus one. That's what mm. they're calling him. That's his number in the Dark Order. So nice. he's he's got an official name for like within the Dark Order, and then yeah, Kenny, you know, <laughs> Kenny puts him over. And he, he, get, he, you know, he's running around holding the world title and stuff like that. I think it was just to cheer him up because that was that would have been just a few days before, you know, his dad actually passed away. Yeah. Um, so you um, know, knowing all of that, it's 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 a really sweet thing for him to do. And then I saw on Instagram recently as well, Jr. took yeah I was his son to, say to the this. Jaguars game.
1: Yeah, the same. day I think it's the same day as the dad as, as Brody died, wasn't it, or
0: was it the same day or the day after? It, it was
1: one of the two. And the amount of shit that JL's been got been given by people. Oh, yeah, this is a really good gesture. And
0: yeah, yeah, you got to take away everything else and criticism within. Again, his work as a human being, the guy took time out of this day and and you know he's taken taking his son to to go see a football game to cheer him up. There's that. That's what. That's what's so weird about this whole situation is that. Like, it's so shocking and so tragic, but at the same time, you can't help but kind of feel a little overwhelmed, almost joyfully, just at how everybody's reacted and responded to it. Obviously, it would be so much better if they didn't have to have, you know, if they hadn't had to have reacted at all. But like we said at the beginning, it's, it's unanimously just brought everybody together and seeing how people are treating them. Again, it is a testament to obviously how John would have treated them throughout his life but seeing that there's so many people out there that are willing to you know do whatever it takes now to to make sure that their family are, are looked after and that they're there to support them you know it's a really really nice genuinely a really nice thing to see and you don't see that sort of stuff very often anymore unfortunately
1: no one thing i did like was when bbc news uh, had it as aew not wwe because that's the thing I always think of when people think wrestling, they always think WWE. Now mm. people, and because he wasn't there, uh, didn't finish there. It was in AEW. I thought that was a really good. Uh, it was like it was like one of the top three things on their website.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. WWE obviously had their own tribute, and and we won't get into it because obviously we know that there's, um, you know. Certain differences of opinions on how it was handled and everything, but my opinion on it is that they acknowledged it, and that's more than sometimes they've done previously. Yeah, and they acknowledged it on yeah. Twitter. Stephanie even used hashtag R.I.P. Brody Lee. You know, Xavier Woods came out with um, Brody on his armband um, on Raw. If, if you've watched Raw, all the Brody references throughout the entire episode. You know, from the commentary team to Drew's opening promo. It's Monday, you know what that means. Everybody was dropping in yeah, 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 throughout the show. Um, Um,
1: Xavier did the discus clothesline.
0: Yeah, They all paid it in their own way. And on Raw Talk, they talked about him. Woods and Kofi talk about him. Yeah, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch because it kind of feels like they're almost in a bit of a difficult situation because they can't say too much about the guy because he doesn't work there anymore. And we get that. But the fact that they have allowed them to do it, and Everything else like that, it is decency, really, at the end of the day, but um, yeah,
1: it's nice to see that WWE had acknowledged it absolutely, yeah, no doubt. Um, how many uh, the funeral? I don't know when it's going to be, don't how many people can go because <laughs> WWE going to have to, you
2: see, that's going to be that's going to be a hard thing as well, especially for his family because obviously, Covid being what it is and restrictions what they are and stuff um you know i'm not quite sure what it is over in the states but it depends on the state itself yeah here in the uk it is still it's still quite prominent and quite restricted in you know what you can do and how many people you can have at gatherings and that sort of thing so yeah um yeah i think that's that's going to be a hard one especially for his family if If, like, a lot of them, because obviously a lot of people would want to be there to show their respect and,
1: oh, definitely. If you, you know, just
2: to celebrate the man, you know, as we're doing today. But, um, you know, again, with COVID being what it is, it's going to be difficult, you know, with, like I said, for his family, especially if you can't have, you know, a lot of his family there, it's going to be hard, even harder than it would have been normally. If, you know, I mean, funerals, you know, they're hard as it is, but, um, you know, with, with the times being what it is, it's going to be even harder.
0: Yeah.
1: One thing I would like to say is, it's great seeing wrestling fans not being dicks about his run in AEW being better than WWE. No, it's his legacy that's more important.
0: Mm-hmm. It's his legacy of his life. It's his yeah. life, you know. Yeah. We, absolutely. we like we've said, you know, I said at the beginning, but like we only know him from what we've seen on TV and then what you hear about the man. But it's all sort of inconsequential at the end, really. You know, that was a character that he portrays on TV. The man behind the character and how he lives his life. That's a legacy that gets... That's that's what lives on. You know, we can remember his great matches, but it's so much better to remember someone having great matches but being an even greater human being. And that just seems to be the case here.
2: Yeah, well, he's, he's a man that will be remembered for his time inside and outside the ring. Um, Yeah, I think... And I honestly think he'll go down as well of an all-time great. Uh, yeah.
1: One of the best big men who could move and do stuff that big men shouldn't be able to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: Well, guys, tonight
0: is Dynamite. It is the uh, celebration of life for Brody Lee. So, the match card um, is all just a tribute show to Brody. And uh, his little boy has actually even helped out make some of the matches for it. So, uh, negative ones. Dream Team of Orange, Cassidy, and Cody Rhodes. They're teaming up with number 10 of the Dark Order to take on MJF, Santana, and Ortiz tonight. Um, Then you've also got... Or or is it actually Team Taz? I think it might be Team Team Taz Taz for that one. Team Taz, sorry. My apologies. Um, Then you've also got um, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Hangman Page. I believe they're taking on MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. Yes. You've also got Anna Jay and Tay Conti. And they're taking on... Who are they taking
1: on? Britt Baker and Penelope Ford.
0: That's it. And then you've got Lance Archer, Stu Grayson and Eva Luno. They're taking on Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade. And what else is there? I think uh, there's Col- number five. A uh,
1: Colt Cabana, Young Bucks versus Matt Hardy Private Party. Yeah. That's what I've got and that's what I can see. I don't know if there's any more that'll be announced.
0: Dark Order members in every match tonight. Yeah, and right, rightfully so. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, amazing that I think Tony tweeted out recently that he was up quite a lot of the night, um, trying to put together the match card. You can see that they're still trying to intertwine stories with it. Rightfully so. There's, you know, still got a business to run, and Brody would want it that way, I'm sure. Anyway, but you know, the fact is, the whole show is a tribute show to Brody, and I think this is going to be a really, really emotional one. So that's tonight. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Make sure you tune in for that one. And um, if you do want to support the Huber family further, Pro Wrestling Tees have, you've probably seen already, but they have come out now to uh, announce that any Brody Lee merchandise that's sold now through Pro Wrestling Tees, all of the proceeds are going to the Huber family. Uh, CM Punk and Mick Foley, they have also stepped in, uh, and I believe for the next month, any of their merchandise sold, all proceeds also go to the Huber family. I believe there are more now. That have said,
1: uh, yeah, uh, Brian Zane from Wrestling Regrets and it. I'm sure most like wrestling YouTube channels and wrestlers that are independent or whatever AEW people have done it.
2: Yeah, and again, I mean that that itself just shows the testament of of the kind of man he was that you know all those people are willing to you know give all their proceeds to his family. Just go to show what sort of a good you know, a good guy and how respected he was as well. He's brought together the wrestling community and that's
0: no easy feat. No. <laughs> but yeah, I've I've bought mine. I've got a I mean it will take a while to come now, but I got my uh, my Brody. It's the one with his face like purple. Hmm. It's labelled a sinister one with Brody underneath, so I'm gonna wait for that to come through. Um but yeah, if if you want to do the same, obviously that's where you need to go over, head over and um, get yourself some merch. And check out the show tonight, because yeah,
1: it's going to be good. And it's going to be
0: it's going to be a good one.
1: And once again, like I said with the wrestling fan, I hope no one's being a dick about how it's going to be as much better show than NXT. No, just concentrate on what's happened and what the guy has done for wrestling and his legacy.
2: Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Right rate- that's that is definitely yeah. the the takeaway for today is don't yeah, care about rating don't care about ratings, on, concentrate on the man. No, just- concentrate on the man, not the not the person he portrayed and yeah you know, doesn't matter which yeah companies and wish. just the legacy that he left, and
0: how good he was, yeah, exactly, well, I think if um we go around just to, to end this one, um you know, I just wanna say thank you, um, you know, it's a really difficult thing, like we said, never met, never met you, and um obviously we never will, but you know i, I have been able to see him perform live once, um <laughs> you know, that's as good as that'll get. But the sort of person that you kinda of wish that you've you've got in your life. And if we can all you know, if I can can probably be half a man that it sounds like he was, then I think I'll I'll have probably done something right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd just like to say the same. Like thank you for the rest of the memories, for all the stuff you've I've you've given from the watching. And yeah, i wish to be I wish I could be a guy just like him in real life. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, just just echoing what you've said, really. Um, yeah, for me, it's just you know, thank you for all the all the entertainment and um, the good matches that we've been able to experience and and watch throughout the years that you've you know that you've been in and and even you know recently in AW there's been some cracking matches as well, um, you know, and it's just thanks for being an all time great guy and. You know, I'm sure we'll we'll all see you sometime at some point when we uh, shuffle off as well. So it's just, yeah, just best wishes again to his family and friends. And yeah, just, you know, if I can be half the the parent that uh, it looked like he was, then yeah, again, I'll be, you know, doing something right. So it's just, just positive vibes and, you know. Again, condolences to his family and friends. Yeah, absolutely.
1: If I could, i just, just just quote Gladiator in, we'll see you again, but not yet.
0: Not yet. Oh well, yeah, this is it. Is it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, all the best. And we are definitely thinking of the Huber family and all of his friends at this time. It's still surreal. Still hasn't really computed, but no. what more can we say but rest in power, John Huber.